Hey guys, this is Climate Change Unfolding. Welcome to another episode. This episode is all about how I worked out carbon footprints of my businesses and how you can do the same in a fraction of the time it took me if, you, if you're interested to do so. Um, as I mentioned in previous episodes, I'm in the process of making a sequence of changes both in the businesses I run and within my own personal life. And for me, the logical place to start with is to work out where I'm currently at with regards to environment and the emissions of me, my family, my businesses, what's my current carbon footprint, basically. To work that out, I've done a full carbon audit. I've actually split it up into the businesses, uh, which is relevant to, I think, to any sort of charity or small business or organization. And then I'm, I'll do a separate episode on uh, how I worked out my own personal carbon footprint and that of my family because uh, I think it's quite different and applies to different people and, and just a not overcomplicate a sing, single episode. So my um, nature a little bit is to really dig deep to get super thorough and really try and understand it properly and um, I probably get more involved than I need to for the most part. Uh, and I learned a lot whilst doing that but it also took me a hell of a lot longer than I needed to because I was trying to uh, all sorts of different resources to see what were most useful and, and testing them, see which were the most accurate. Part of the problem was also that I was learning about carbon audits and carbon footprinting as I was going through it and working it all out. So yeah, if I'd known what I know now, it'd definitely take me a fraction of the time and I'd still get great value out of it. And towards the tail end of this episode, I'll, I'll share my suggestions for how to do your own carbon audit with minimal time, maximum output. Just a little caveat on that, I'm, I'm no expert, so don't take my, my opinions as such. I'm just trying to share some of the things I learned, uh, that things that I, I would have loved to have known before getting going on this. So let's get going. Um, I'm sure most of you know, but just for the sake of clarity, a carbon footprint is basically the total emissions expressed as a carbon dioxide equivalent. So carbon dioxide makes up the bulk of emissions volume, but there are lots of other greenhouse gases. For the sake of carbon footprint simplicity, instead of saying two tons of carbon, 100 kilos of methane, 10 kilos of nitrous oxide, etc., we just convert it all to the equivalent in carbon and give one total. It makes it super simple. And methane, for example, is much more effective at trapping heat. So depending on which uh, paper or article you read on the subject, it's generally considered about 25 times more harmful in a global warming sense. So if you're responsible for releasing one kilo of methane, you get an equivalent value of 25 kilos of carbon added to your carbon footprint. So that's where the carbon footprint is and, and how it works, uh, general gist. Um, so how do we work it out? How do we work it out and what's the point? Um, so I started with only a very basic knowledge, but I've read around the subject quite a bit now, quite extensively. I've actually been more interested and um, and it's been more insightful than I originally thought it would be. I thought it was just a tally up your carbon and, and get on with it. Um, but there was more to it than that. Um, it helped me really understand where the bulk of my emissions come from. It really highlighted a number of different areas I could reduce without making any real sacrifice. And also helped me stop feeling generally guilty about every little thing. Why worry about the 15 different things that'll save me just a few kilos of carbon a, a year when there's this one or two major things that if we cut back will save me a number of tons of carbon each. So it really sort of helped me prioritize. So yeah, it really gave me some value. I'll get into the insights and value for me more in a bit, but for now, let me get going on the process and the things I learned as I went along. First thing that I gradually came to understand is that all carbon footprint calculators are basically going to use an element of guesstimation. It's, it's basically impossible to get it exactly right. Imagine for a moment, Everything you do, eat, buy, 
has some form of carbon footprint. You buy, a, let's say, a kilo of potatoes from the supermarket. The potato plant itself absorbed some carbon during the process of growing. So you, you start off on a win. You start off with some uh, negative carbon footprint. But the farmer used some fossil fuels in the process of digging it up, maybe, and getting it to the potato company or manufacturer or processor or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what a potato manufacturer person is called. But a company is called. The potato company ships it to a warehouse, for example, where it does some stocking and put some packages that transfer has some emissions the packaging has some emissions and a portion of that um, potatoes company's marketing budget for example also has an emission and then they sell it on to the supermarket and therefore a percentage of the supermarket's heating and their electricity and their marketing also is also embedded in that kilo of potatoes how do you work all that out exactly and that's just for one kilo of potatoes that you bought one week and then next next time you buy a different brand's potato it's basically impossible and, and very, very occasionally a, the potato company already has their own guesstimation on their operations and, and it advertises their product carbon footprint, which gives you a very accurate guess. But even that's just a guess. But for the most part, you basically, you don't have that because hardly anyone's done it. So there's a lot of guesswork involved. Okay, so the, the, real, the skill and the accuracy with the carbon footprint comes in in how you go about your guesswork. There's lots of ways of calculating or Put another way, lots of ways of guesstimating. The more effort you go to, the closer the approximation gets to your actual footprint and the more value you can get from it in terms of where your emissions are actually coming from. Often the carbon footprint calculators do a lot of that work on your, on your behalf. So you don't need to do all the ground up calculations. But I only found the decent resources later on. So, so for me, the process was a bit backward and I, and I didn't come over at it the right way. But anyway, I did find them eventually. So if I start at the beginning of the process of what I went through, with no real clue of what I was doing originally, I cleared a, a solid few hours this, for this project one morning and armed myself with a strong coffee and a bunch of enthusiasm. And I took on this slightly daunting task of working out what my businesses and my family's emissions are. But where do I start? After a few crude Google search attempts and find some basic personal calculators online, some of which are completely pathetic, by the way. One carbon footprint calculator I found online had a single question. It says, what country do you live in? And then you type in your country and it says, your carbon footprint is three tons or whatever. So presumably for, um, it's an average for that country, but it's, it's kind of pathetic in terms of giving you any meaningful outcome. It's interesting actually to see how the different uh, countries' emissions varied and it's quite significant. But anyway, well, it's, a, it's probably a topic for a different podcast, but it's pretty meaningless in terms of having something to work with and almost completely useless obviously for a business so so I gave on that route for the time being and every business is different and so it's it's harder to get a quick calculator for a business uh, so what next what did I do next so um, couldn't find anything with the immediate google searches so a bit of a confession then I'm a, I'm a bit of a an excel spreadsheet geek so what I did now is what I do in a lot of situations when I end up a bit overwhelmed with choice and figures and complication I, basically I open a blank excel spreadsheet for each of my businesses and one for my, me and my family and and then i basically just started listing items down the page this is my in my naivety basically I, everything i could think of that had some kind of a mission um as the list got longer i broke it down into the different areas of the business operations transport marketing food drink staff i checked through the 2017 business accounts to see what i'd missed and added things in as i went I thought about the activities and the processes that we go through for our products and any emissions that could be added through them. And just a comprehensive list. And at this time point, I wasn't working on quantities. I wasn't working on emissions. I was just listing things. So I ended up with a pretty comprehensive list of things for each of the businesses. 
Next on my ground up working out my emissions for the businesses was to draw out some figures of how much of each thing we'd use. So, you know, if packed lunches were one of the things, how many packed lunches do we use in a year? And again, accounts on our internal systems and records were, were really useful for this. So I looked at how many of each thing we had during 2017, how many liters of fuel, how much electricity on our bills and that sort of thing. And I didn't realize it at the time. But just as useful for a guesstimation here is on some things, especially is how much you spend on those items rather than the amount of quantity. So later I had to go back and work that out for some items too in order that I could get good guess on emissions. Uh, sometimes it's easier to work out your emissions based on a, like an overall amount that you spent on a certain category. But So I, I hadn't realized the extent that carbon footprint is simply a guesstimation at this point and how complicated the whole process would be to work out a per item carbon emissions breakdown. So I'm, so I'm busy getting the exact amounts as possible and uh, definitely ended up spending way too many hours on this. We have, we have great records for some stuff, but then a lot of stuff is bundled together in our accounts. You know, it all comes together in one receipt, so you don't know exactly how much of each things, which actually would have been okay, but I was trying to be as accurate as possible at this time, so I wasted a bunch of time. I made about 15 different calls to different staff trying to work out the right amounts for everything <laughs> to their complete confusion and, and uh, bemusement sometime. Um, not very constructive. They went... <laughs> It went something like this. I'm going to go off on a tangent now, but it went something like this. It's called Abra, who's my store manager, uh, does a lot of the stocking in Catanel's boat store. So it goes something like this. Hey, Abra, how's it going? Ah, I'm fine. How are you? All good, thanks. So I'm doing a carbon audit. How is the family? Yeah, all good, all good. Thanks, Abra. How, how is Kato? Yeah, he's good. He just rolled over for the first time and he's having fun. And he's like, yeah. ah, that's good. Soon you'll have to pay the school fees, so you'll understand my pain. In fact, this is, a, I'm getting totally sidetracked here, but anyway, it's quite, quite funny chat to Abra. So I should have just recorded the phone call just to give you a first-hand feeling of what it's like for me to try and get anything done here. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, back to the call. So where am I? Uh, I don't know. So, so I'm, it's something like, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm just doing a quick call for this audit and, ah, not another audit. These politicians... They always want money for building their big houses. And I'm like trying to explain what a carbon audit. No, 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 this is a carbon audit, different from a tax audit. I'll, I'll explain probably soon once I've got it all worked out, but I'm just trying to get guesstimates on how much stuff you use in the store each year. Like, you know, like the glue and the duct tape and the resin and all the stuff for the fixing the kayaks. And they're like, ah, they're attacking kayak fixing now. No, 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 forget the tax audit. I just want you, how many rolls of duct tape do you use a month? Ah, but Mr. Sam, day by day, it changes. Like on a Monday, I put some tape of the duck on John's kayak. And then that one, it didn't work. So, well, yesterday I welded it with the heat gun. Just guess, Abra, how many rolls of duct tape do you use in a month or in a year? You know, I'm just, it doesn't matter if you're wrong exactly. Tape of the duck? In a whole year? Ah. And then, <laughs> and so it goes on, and I, you know, in the end, I'm just all right. I give up. Never mind. Let me just go through the accounts, and I'll I'll put a, give a guesstimate from there. And then he goes off on a tangent about the fact that we didn't have any tea bags when he got to the office this morning, and how hard life is without tea in the morning. And anyway, so 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 the, that's the sort of rabbit holes I'm getting myself into, and <laughs> trying to get these exact amounts. But anyway, like in the end, I just zoomed out, cut my losses with it, and I went through the accounts, and I, I got the guesstimates.
Okay, sorry about the massive deviation there. Right, so I eventually ended up with a big long list for each of the items in the businesses, for all three of the businesses. I actually bundled together Cat Denial and Nile Sup, which are very sort of linked companies, and another for the UK registered company called Love It Dib It. I've got a list of how much of each thing we use each year, how many liters of petrol, how many kilowatts of electricity, how many kayaks we bought, that sort of thing. And completely accurate for some things and then using a level of guesstimation for some of the smaller things we didn't have accurate figures for. So most of the way there, I thought, oh, that's the hard work done. Hmm, yeah, all right, so slightly wrong there as well. So now all I need to do is find a resource online which, which helps give me a guesstimate on how much each item's footprint might be, uh, which I thought would be a lot easier than it actually is. So let's say is 300 t-shirts in the year and I find a total for an approximation for a guesstimate on a, on a t-shirt and I multiply the two together and gives me how much I, I use for my, for my t-shirts and then the same for my kayaks and my electricity and all the rest of it. And so, you know, total all up at the bottom with some Excel magic and boom, jobs are good and I've done my, my Excel audit. Only I searched and I searched and I couldn't find any publicly available resource with product carbon footprints which seems like a pretty massive oversight from the internet, from my perspective at least. You know how, with the internet being what it is, is there not a website with an archive of products and their carbon footprints, you know? So you can at least, I know you can't find every product on there because no, that's not being worked out, but um, many thousands of companies worked out product uh, footprints and you can, you can take something equivalent or close to and then you can uh, get a guesstimation, at least some uh, ballpark, something to work from. You know, there are, there are international recognized protocols, large organizations built to do this. And the Carbon Trust, for example, amazing for, uh, organization for this stuff, claims to have done product carbon footprints on 28,000 products, but none are available online. I even emailed them to see if this 28,000 product resource was available anywhere. And they basically came back to me saying, no, it's not. Um, it's up to the companies whether to release it. But anyway, and so it's possible, I suppose, that this uh, resource exists somewhere and I just couldn't find it. So if Actually, if anyone knows of a resource like that, so I can where I can really find a bunch of different products and get an idea what their actual carbon footprint is, let me know. I'd love to use it, and I'll also add it to the show notes and, and share with everyone if it helps everyone else in the future as well. So this frustration in failing to find what I want sent me off on a bit of a sidetrack and a business or enterprise idea that felt like could provide real value to people and consumers and all sorts of people. So I started like sketching an idea basically and I get I get more ideas than I have time to put into practice and, and this one matches up much better with a website tech wizard than it does with my skill set. So I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there and see if someone likes it and wants to take on the project. So here's the idea, right? So a list of, of all sorts of products on one easily searchable website with a guesstimate for their carbon footprints. I certainly would have loved to find that website that was basically what I was looking for while I was doing this but it wouldn't just be useful for people trying to do a carbon audit of a business so a consumer would be able to be much more carbon aware if they were able to work out which product has what footprint right so they they go on a website they throw a handbag into there and they find out the different companies and their different carbon footprint and also to highlight companies that have got low carbon footprints for that product so people that doing carbon audits would also be able to use the resource for in the sort of way that I was trying to do it environmentally conscious companies wanting to find suppliers that paid attention to the carbon footprint and uh, would be able to search for it for suppliers that have environmental standards rather than just your standard company and then then they could buy from them instead of from their current suppliers it's in the company's interest to list their products on there, on this imaginary website that doesn't exist yet, as far as I'm aware, because then it's like free advertising for that company. You put your products on there and their carbon footprint of their, their products, and then either direct to consumers searching for it or business to business for suppliers, you'd be advertising your products. And so it'd be a way for companies who paid attention to their carbon footprint 
to really highlight and underscore and get business advantage over those who haven't, which is really awesome. You know, you create an environment where environmentally friendly businesses have an advantage and that encourages people to do the, the same thing. Business is ultimately about the bottom line, but if you can improve the bottom line by being more environmentally friendly, then that's double awesome. So you could also, you know, for example, taking this idea fully, I'm just riffing on this right for now. So <laughs> excuse me if I'm getting deviated again. So you could have uh, featured carbon zero products, for example, linked from the homepage. You can even sell some carbon zero products. So let's say for example um, some companies are completely offsetting or very low carbon products you can promote them which is going to help generally you know reduce collectively our emissions if you're highlighting uh, low carbon products so how did it work so you get content on the website you, st- you could start with all the companies of officially approved products footprints for products through one of the major carbon footprint accreditation organizations that you know let's say carbon trust for example Let's say a Patagonia ski jacket was certified by Carbon Trust as having whatever carbon footprint. Carbon Trust have another 27,999 products that are also there and that have been done in the same way. And on the top of the uh, accredited products, you could also create a Wikipedia-style contribution setup where anyone can go on and predict a carbon footprint for something, from back in the envelope, calculations, and then other people can proof it and throw their thing in the mix with a comments section. You can have a general consensus in, in the same way as Wikipedia sort of gradually transitions towards the truth. Same, same for that. But you've got all the internet geeks that would love to throw their, you know, throw their opinions in the mix. If you search what is the carbon footprint of a cup of coffee you know there's there's hundreds of posts of people speculating and whatever else it was bringing them together and trying to like improve the quality of the the guesswork basically okay sorry i know i'm totally off track but this is (laughs) once an idea gets going you know so the website presumably becomes more and more relevant as people either choose to or are forced to engage in the topic of climate change in the future at some point in the future either much more companies are going to have worked out their carbon footprints of all their products, either by consumer demand or because it becomes a legal requirement, in which case the website just gets more and more relevant. Now, in order for all this to work, you've got to have some benefit for everyone involved. Okay, let's say Joe Bloggs, lovely guy, fantastic internet skills, listening to the podcast, <laughs> and I think, well, what a great idea. You know, maybe I'm going to do it. Probably most people are thinking, what the hell are you talking about, Sam? You're just off on a total tangent here. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about carbon offsetting. Um, so what about Joe Bloggs? What's the benefit for him? Why is he going to go to all this effort to create this website and, and pay for the hosting and whatever else in the, in the hours that it's going to? Well, the more successful the website is, the more traction it gets, the more you can sell advertising. People are looking for products. Imagine it becomes a central resource for companies and organizations trying to calculate their footprint. You could even have a promoted products and services section. You can have a basic listing for free and a paid listing that has a higher presence on the, on the homepage or whatever else. You could promote and, and sell carbon zero products or you know, companies, low carbon companies. You could even link direct to the different companies online shop and get a percentage of the referrals. There are all sorts of ways of monetizing it if you wanted to get it and turn it into a, into a company or whatever. It could be huge if you're not, you know, otherwise there's just the service of highlighting all of these low carbon companies. There may even be government grants for this kind of project. I don't know, but it's just a speculative idea at this stage. You know, I'd, I'd love to find this website, but I didn't either because my search has failed or because it doesn't exist. But someone knows of a resource, let me know and I'll put it in the show notes. And this might be a completely irrelevant tangent. It could be that I'm just ignorant of this sector and what people care about. And maybe it's a, maybe it's a bad idea, but um, it seems like legitimate to me. Yeah, if anyone wants to collaborate on that idea, let me know. I don't have the website skills to make it happen, but I do have plenty of enthusiasm to help get projects off the ground. So drop me an email on sam at climatechangeunfolding.com if you want to talk more. (laughs) All right, back to the audit. 
of good values for everything in my company uses each year, but no easy way of working out per item carbon. So I started doing each item on their own separate research and searches and looking at archives and papers and starting with the most important and, and numerous, you know, fuel and transport and energy use and products. And then, you know, you can get pretty good values for that. And then it ended up getting pretty ropey towards the tail end with internet discussion boards and pretty unreliable debates going on online for various things. And some things I couldn't find anything at all. So at this point, I'm way too many hours into this project. And I think, okay, I've got, to, I've got to zoom out here. I'm getting sucked down a rabbit hole. I'm, it's getting pretty drawn out and painful trying to work out what the, you know, per item. And, and it's getting increasingly like guesswork work so I've got to stop on what I'm doing I came across another problem during this process which is carbon responsibility or at least that's what I called it at least sometimes it's really clear you know sometimes but it's sometimes really difficult to work out whose responsibility is the carbon emissions you know is it does it fall under Catanal's responsibility what for example is my responsibility when it comes to staff's commute to work is that part of that individual staff member's carbon footprint based on their house choice you know in proximity to work and their, their transport means or is that part of the business footprint you know, what about if there's an international staff who lives in the UK typically but comes to Uganda to work for me um, each year? Are his flights part of my company's responsibility? You know, I guess so. But, you know, what if they're, they're from the UK and they fly out here and then they, they fly home to visit their family once a year? You know, is, you know, that's an extra flight that they're choosing to do because of their own personal reasons. But you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't have a job with me. You know, where, do, where does responsibility stop? What happens when the lines get gray, you know? There's some black and there's some white and then there's, there's the gray stuff in the between that, that makes it really hard to identify. You know, another example is what about suppliers? You know, if, if I buy a kayak from them, the carbon for that kayak, is that the kayak manufacturers or mine? Mine, I assume, but, but what if we both did a carbon audit? and We'd be both taking responsibility for creating that kayak and for the same emissions, you know, it's a double up. I also at the start... <laughs> So I'm going to get to the point, but I also at this point start um, thinking to myself, you know, there's got to be an easier way. What am I, what am I up to here? What, what do other people do? How do I find someone who really knows what they're talking about? There's no way everyone else just does what I'm doing now because it's ridiculously complicated. And, and I start searching around on the internet for help again. You know, I find a couple of companies that charge ludicrous sums for uh, this sort of service. You know, maybe they're geared towards companies that are much bigger than mine, I guess. You know, so there's special software, you know, to, to help big companies work this out. A couple of thousand dollars a thing, but, you know, not practical for me. So I failed to find any useful thing there. And I thought my, th my thinking at this time is instead of getting most of the way through an audit and kind of getting stuck and then reaching out to a company specializes in this stuff, probably makes a lot more sense to do it through their typical procedures from the beginning is find that company. It's actually much easier for them to deal with an audit that way too, rather than looking at my spreadsheet from hell and trying to just tell me what's wrong with it. So I, so I definitely wasted some time creating a big spreadsheet, you know, which my staff will laugh at because that's not unusual for me. <laughs> uh, right. So, um, Whilst doing all this, I came across an amazing setup called the Uganda Carbon Bureau, or the UCB for short. So um, I've reached out to them and they've been super useful and they put me onto some resources and some standard protocols, including the Greenhouse Gas Protocol, which is an international standard. Um, and I have much more clarity based on those resources and the information and the answers that they gave me and on what's my responsibility. So I've actually set up um, an interview now for a future episode with the founder of the Uganda Carbon Bureau, a guy called Bill Farmer. He's a total legend in climate change in East Africa and you know, he's had amazing influences all over the world for this sort of thing. But it turns out I'm friends with Bill's daughter and I've, and I've even met him a few times in a more social setup. I just didn't know uh, quite what his background was. And he's a fascinating guy and he's, he's advised the Uganda government on issues 
issues related to climate change. He's uh, set up the Yidgannon Carbon Bureau, as I mentioned. He's technical expert for advising setup of the National Forestry Association here in Uganda. Anyways, within the next few episodes, I'll have him on the show and, uh, and hopefully you can share some insight and wisdom about all of that and more. One of the things the Uganda Carbon Bureau mentioned was the importance of external validation rather than just doing it itself, which opens you up to criticism and lack of sincerity. I think that's a really good point. I ended up choosing to do their process from scratch to work out my carbon footprint efficiently and I also used the resources of some advice and knowledge from them to complete my own comprehensive internal audit. So now in the process of trying to get for each of my companies an externally recognized and approved carbon footprint from the Ugandan Carbon Bureau, and I also have now completed my own in many ways more detailed but less externally legitimate audit separately. Both have real value, and I'll explain why in a minute. First, before I get sidetracked with the official sort of credited version, how I concluded my own audit, because I did eventually work it out. Once I'd, once I'd, I'd done more research and, and understood the, the subject better, I actually got some, some values from the Ugandan Carbon Bureau audit, like, for example, how much carbon I should allocate per litre of petrol in Uganda. I found more resources to help me find data on some items and also found another way of coming at it, which really sort of helped clean up the last of the, uh, the messiness with my uh, per item stuff. Instead of saying we did 3,000 packed lunches in 2017 and trying to find the amount of carbon per packed lunch, you total the amount that you spend on food and you use the total value you spend on a particular sector and you, and you use a really awesome resource from a website called carbonfootprint.com to guesstimate what the associated carbon footprint for that spending would be. So they use a average footprints in that sector and they give you an estimate based on the amount that you spent. So let's say clothing, you spend $3,000 on clothing, $5,000 in electronics each year. So you just type those amounts in and it pops up at the bottom, like based on that sector's typical emissions, you're an average for that sector, they'll give you a, an emission. So, so I bundled together all the like random little bits that were left into sectors like electronics, how much do you do for an iPhone and how much do you do for 15 rolls of duct tape and you know, all that sort of nonsense, you know, and, 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 and I bundled them together into relevant sections and put it into that and it gave me an actual like a reasonable guesstimate, you know, it's not perfect, but no carbon footprint tool is. So that allowed me a completion of my internal audit. But anyway, I'll leave a link to that uh, awesome resource. So if anyone is, wants to try to do the same, then they can save themselves hundreds of hours of work and um, and bundle those together in expenses rather than in the numbers of items. I also just went through it all again and with some of the uh, specialists of the Uganda Carbon Bureau and we did a, um, a bunch of things that I was felt was based on weaker sources, you know, and basically improved the accuracy of my guesstimates. I now have total broken down section by section, transport, food and drink, fuel, flights, you know, all the different sections, item by item in many places, a complete carbon footprint of each of my companies. It was a lot of effort, but particularly because I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and the best way of working out, but it's so good now what I have is really valuable. It tells me, at least with a reasonable level of guesstimation, where my emissions are coming from and which sector and which part of my business the most emissions are, are coming from. Another thing with this is by making a full list of things in my business, straight away, even I was making the list, I could see all sorts of areas that I could reduce emissions. Either I can either save myself some money or by having absolutely no detrimental effect to the quality of product or the ease of running a business, 
you know, it's no-brainer stuff, like win-win, you know, just by making this comprehensive list and then sort of looking at it through the filter of carbon emissions. If I want to go beyond those sort of win-win, sort of no-brainer solutions, I can also be very selective because I know the breakdown sector by sector and area by area where a huge impact could be made by doing some sort of minor adjustment to the, the product or something like that. And there's, some, and there's some areas where it's barely worth it. It made it much easier to work out how to reduce effectively. So another cool thing, because I have the values, as I start to make the changes, I'm going to get some really tangible, quantifiable savings in terms of carbon, which I, which I can share with my staff. It's going to make it a whole thing more satisfying and rewarding process because you're like, we've done this and that saved us 1.2 tons of carbon. You know, maybe they won't give a monkeys, you know, but I will. <laughs> you know, some of them will care and some of them will have a passing interest, but some of them won't give a monkeys, but whatever. Let me talk also about the Ugandan Carbon Bureau process because that's important and it's legitimate and, and it's internationally recognized. And that's how people do it all over the world. So UCB, which is the Ugandan Carbon Bureau, have a, have a set protocol with pre-made spreadsheets based on the Greenhouse Gas Protocol, um, which as I understand it is the most internationally recognized and accepted system for carbon footprinting. So I basically needed to provide them with values for a range of different things for my business, which for me was actually super easy because I already gathered that information from my own internal audit. So it's, it's mostly focused on transport, fuel usage, and electricity usage. You give them how much electricity you use from your bills and where the electricity came from. So is it grid electricity from which country, whatever? Did you generate it yourself using solar panels or, or fuel generator, whatever? Uh, and they give you a, your associated emissions, you know. I was really surprised at the simplicity and also I was actually surprised at how little stuff I actually needed as a business to be taking responsibility for. I was getting way too much into a number of things and treating my businesses like they were individuals. Basically, anything they bought, I was taking full responsibility for in my internal audit. Take an example of a kayak, right? So, so the raw materials are mined and processed by a supplier. They're bought off that supplier by, let's say, Jackson Kayaks, and Jackson Kayak turn the raw materials into a kayak, and the kayak is bought by Square Rock, who are the uh, Jackson Kayak importer to the UK, different company. And then Square Rock sell it to Escape Water Sports, say, who are a kayak shop in the UK, and then the kayak shop sells it to the end user. Let's call him Fred. <laughs> so Fred. And um, each of the companies um, on the chain need to take responsibility for their own part in the chain but but not full responsibility for the entire chain's footprint otherwise if a supplier jackson kayak square rock escape water sports would all have a carbon footprint of that kayak and it would have been counted for four times you know so each of them take their own little part of the responsibility of their part of the process if you buy the kayak as, as the individual or the end user you're creating the demand for that product so Fred needs to add to his carbon footprint the entire chain's footprint associated with that kayak. That's the product footprint, as I understand it. So businesses sometimes are end users too, so it needs to consider that, and, and often, but often they're just part of the chain. So it sometimes needs an expert to tell you what you should be and shouldn't be taking responsibility for. My internal audit had gone way beyond the usual scope of what was necessary. I was basically taking responsibility up and down the chain. So if, say... I offset my entire internal audit worth. Anyone buying something from Catanal, one of our products would have a zero emissions associated with it. Whereas if a company is labeled carbon neutral, it doesn't necessarily mean that buying something from them would necessarily have zero carbon impact. Sounds weird, but let's say, they, uh, let's say someone bought a holiday from one of my companies, Love It Live It, which is being a greenhouse gas protocol approved sort of stamped carbon neutral. 
I use a little tropical island called the Hairy Lemon Island as accommodation and, and food for part of the trip. And so the money I give to the Hairy Lemon, uh, Lover Libbit gives to the Hairy Lemon for the food and accommodation is within Hairy Lemon's scope and carbon responsibility, not Love It Live It. So fuel that I Love It Live It use, for example, I would offset that. But then when I subcontract something like food and accommodation to the Hairy Lemon under the official greenhouse gas protocol, that wouldn't fall under my responsibility. So my internal orbit, <laughs> internal audit, I guesstimated responsibility for Hairy Lemon's food and then and took responsibility for it because that's part of my product, you know. Then on the other side, Let's say a girl called uh, Bernard <laughs> books a flight to get to a country to do a Love Liver trip. She's probably coming on that Love Liver trip, by the way, to escape her cool parents who only called her Bernard as a practical joke. But that aside, Bernard's flights is not included in the price of the Love Liver holiday. It technically falls into her carbon responsibility, not Love Livets. But if me as a company or Bernard, as a responsible lady, traumatized from her cruel parents wants that trip to be completely carbon neutral trip then that needs to be counted in the trips carbon as well and then and then it gets even worse and even grayer when i say how do i account for the fact that part of my business marketing is in, is inspiring people to hop on that plane bernard might not have come if she hadn't seen a inspiring post on facebook trying to inspire kayakers to travel it's not technically part of my carbon footprint according to the official protocol, but it's hard to argue that there isn't at least some responsibility. In my internal audit, I take a lot of these extra things into consideration beyond the scope of what, what's actually expected to be carbon neutral. Bringing that together then, it was much simpler to use the greenhouse gas standard protocol through the UN and Carbon Bureau. And it does have considerably more legitimacy because it's externally verified and using internationally recognized standards. However, the end value for me in terms of where my full responsibility and my emissions were coming from um, was actually less because I didn't have a per item amount. I didn't have broken down values to the same extent. It was much easier for me to see where my savings could be made from my own internal comprehensive breakdown. Even if in the end, Love It Live It doesn't take full carbon responsibility for Bernard's flight, um, it still highlights and underscores where we have emissions connected with a company that we might potentially be able to um, offset or reduce. Can we, for example, have a tool that allows people to offset their flights as they book? So the comprehensive one, the internal one, had real value to me too. Let me get onto my recommendation if, if you want to do some kind of audit for yourself to maximize the benefit and minimize the effort and time to get it done. Bear in mind, I'm no expert. So perhaps take the opinions of experts ahead of mine. In fact, definitely take them ahead of mine. But, but here's some things that I would have loved to have heard before I got going. Number one, get an official audit done by someone who knows what they're talking about using an internationally recognized protocol. Save yourself a bunch of time. Use someone who knows what they're doing and have something afterwards with an official stamp externally validated that you can advertise. You, that's internationally recognized. You know? So I haven't worked with lots of different companies, but I, you know, I tried to find some. And then the best one by a long way that I found was the Ugandan Carbon Bureau. Um, but I'm sure there are, there are all sorts of other similar setups around the world. UCB specialized in East Africa and Uganda, but the protocols they're using are actually international. I actually went, because this is how much I get into these things, I, I actually went and sat with them in their office to see how they worked it all out when they were going through my values. And, and the spreadsheets they have, uh, taken from the greenhouse gas protocol, you select your country where the fuel or the electricity has been used, 
and then it gives you a, a and then you put in your amount and then it gives you a value based on the country that you've used it for as i see it there isn't any reason why they couldn't accredit someone internationally from the uk or wherever i'm going to interview bill like i said the founder so actually i'll i'll ask him that when i do sit down to interview with him in the next week or so i'll ask him can he accredit someone who's not in uganda yeah so stay tuned in a future episode and i'll i'll answer that because i'm sure a lot of you listening aren't from Uganda. So if you go through a company like UCB, that's going to take into consideration your fuel, your transport, your electricity, your business flights, and a few other primary things like that. And it's going to have some external credibility. Your part in that is going to be getting some values together, how much your electricity bills are, gathering your fuel receipts, that sort of thing. But if, if you do want to do that yourself, maybe you know a little bit about it already, or you just want to get your teeth stuck into it and do it yourself and work out how it's all done, it is actually totally possible. You can, you know, what I would suggest you do, you go direct to the Greenhouse Gas Protocol website. They have loads of resources can get a bit heavy, you know, because you're trying to find the resources most relevant to you. Um, but it's totally possible to do it yourself. And also the Carbon Trust is a different website, which I'll link to in the, uh, in the show notes and on my website. Carbon Trust is a great organization. And I actually have a PDF that I got free from them with lots of guidance on how to do your own carbon audit, how to break it down, what's in your, your scope or responsibility and what's not. If you want a copy of that PDF, just drop me an email at sam at climatechangeunfolding.com. Uh, it was given to me for free, so I assume that's fine. But I guess you can also check it out on the Carbon Trust website. Pretty awesome. So um, I'll leave links to all of this stuff on climatechangeunfolding.com slash episode three. That's the number three. So each of these episodes has its own little blog post on my own little website. And within that, I've, I've put a bunch of notes. And so if you are listening to this and you're trying to jot down some links, don't stress. Go to climatechangeunfolding.com slash episode three. That's the number three. So that's your basic audit covered. So this is my second recommendation now. You get your basic audit covered, but I definitely recommend another thing, which actually isn't that hard. It'll probably only take you 15 minutes and it'll have real benefit. The second suggestion is make a comprehensive list. Anything and everything that your business is involved with, things it buys or does that has an emission, write it down in the list. Break it down into areas like marketing or operations or whatever makes sense for you and your organization. Even if you don't follow through to the extent that I did where you work out the values for each thing, having a full list is a brilliant place to start to see where you could easily reduce. It's super easy to do and it's important for the next stage of emissions reduction. It'll also give you an overview of your business footprint and, the, and your sphere of influence. Like what could you change? Is there something with, to do with your suppliers that you could change? Is there something to do with you know, how your clients interact with you that you could change? Real value, super easy to do, and none of the carbon footprint calculators that I've seen have told me to do it. The only reason I did it and realized the value of it was because I was trying to work out my own you know, comprehensive you know, resource, and then only after that was like, wow, this is really valuable. My third suggestion, if you're a keen bean and, and you want to take that comprehensive list a bit further, even a crude guesstimate for each of these areas might actually help you out here to see that some of these things are massive compared to others and, and really help for you individually as a business to focus your attention when it comes to reduction and understanding where your impact is. If you're going to do it, you really don't need to go through the painful process that I went through. You know, it's going to take some work, but it's not, it needn't be anywhere near as bad as what I do. And so here is what I suggest. 
Some things are easy to work out using either a company like UCB or the greenhouse gas protocol. So you first take values from there. You know that's going to be your your fuel usage and your um, your energy and that sort of thing. And flight. They've also got flight calculators which I'll list. There's a bunch of different flight calculators. I wasn't sure which one to use. And then eventually I used the the one that's suggested by the greenhouse gas protocol. Um, but anyway, so I'll leave a link to that as well on the on the website. So you've done your basic stuff and the obvious things, which actually will cover a lot of your calculations. So then you'll have a bunch of other things on your list you don't know how to quantify. And that's where I got stuck. And here's what I worked out and what I recommend for you to do to get some basic guesstimates for that stuff. On carbonfootprint.com slash calculator, again, I'll leave the links, there's a free online calculator that's much better than most online calculators. On there, there's a section called secondary. And in that is this really useful resource there that allows you to break down your spending by industry or sector. So you basically just guess how much you spend on it per week, month or year. You don't have to guess. You can use accurate values if you, if you know them. And they'll give you a guesstimate on how much carbon that'll be based on an industry average within that sector. So let's say your business spends $10,000 on food and drink per year. You just slot in that amount into the food and drink section and it throws out a value of, of, of carbon emissions based on your typical or average food and drink expenditure. You can go as accurate or as loose as you fancy, you know, so if you've got your annual accounts handy, then that'd be super helpful there to give you a good values. But if you feel like you're spending way, way longer than you want to, don't be shy to guess with the values or bundle things together into categories like electronics, for example. And there's going to be an approximation anyway. So you're just trying to get a feel for here for where the massive chunks of emissions come from the businesses. So if you have to guess, don't sweat it. The, the more accurate it is, obviously, the closer you get to your accurate figures. But all of this is guesstimate anyway. So that's going to take you a fraction of the time that it took me to try and work out the per item value. And in the end, I had to do that for a bunch of things anyway. In summary, number one, go to someone who really knows what they're talking about. Get them to help you. Go through one of the protocols. It'll give you international recognition. My recommendation is UCB, but there's a bunch of other ones as well. Second, make a comprehensive list. Do this. You can even do this even if you don't do the first, but I, you know, I definitely recommend doing the first and the second. But even if you don't do the, the first, do this and think about your customers as well as your suppliers and think, just list everything that has some kind of emission. Don't sweat whether it's your responsibility or not. Just make a comprehensive list and that'll be a really great resource to build from for your reduction and at a later date. And third, work it out in detail, you know, and then you've got, if you're really committed, then that's going to be an amazing thing for you to, uh, to go from uh, afterwards. And there's some resources that I've already discussed. Let me wrap it up there. I've talked a long, long enough and I know this has been a bit heavier going episode and you know we're going to jump between these sort of resource heavy and, and hopefully useful practical episodes with a more light hide or more sort of story oriented you know individuals and so on so there's going to be a bit of jumping around but hopefully you found it useful. Next episode is going to be a much shorter one on how to work on your own personal carbon footprint which is actually a lot easier and after that I'm going to get into the stuff that I actually find even more interesting than this, which is the cutting back and the exploring the benefits for businesses of being environmentally conscious and also sort of telling some amazing stories of, of people that are doing some cool things. So thanks very much for listening. If you own a business, you run a charity or you work at an organization, how's about looking at what it's responsible for emitting and uh, having a crack at a carbon audit to whatever level you feel like you're ready to give and commit to right now? Hopefully this will make that a little bit easier. If you have things that I 
you think I should have included here, there's probably a bunch that I missed out and a bunch that I ranted about that I probably shouldn't have. I'm very keen to hear it. Any thoughts on the episode, drop me an email on sam at climatechangeunfolding.com. I'm still learning. I'm no expert. So if I've made oversights or missed something important, point it out. I'd love to hear. And I'll look into it and I'll try and address it in future episodes. Just to finish off, if you enjoyed, click a subscribe so you get notifications on when I get a new episode. I haven't worked out exactly how regularly or what days I'm going to be releasing, so better to just subscribe and then you'll get a notification when a new episode arrives. If you know somebody might be interested, I'd love for you to tell them about it. Thank you very much. This is Climate Change Unfolding. See you next time.